0: Welcome to Gripping Business Tales Australia, the podcast designed to help Australian businesses overcome the regular and real challenges of being a success. Now, here's your host, Murray Smith. At 21 years of age, Mark Denoyer began his entrepreneurial journey in a retail and hospitality business which successfully grew to $20 million in revenue and 35 staff, before selling it to a large national retail chain. Then aged 27, Mark co-founded a leading construction company in Sydney, growing the business from scratch to $65 million in revenue and over 70 staff. Along the way, Mark's entrepreneurial achievements were recognised nationally, ranking in the Australian Financial Review's BRW Fast 100 growing companies in 2015, 2016 and 2017. However, all this may not have come to be without the shaping of his decisions when Mark lost his father at a young age. In this episode, we hear from Mark about what were some of the challenges he faced in starting and maintaining successful businesses and now what drives him to help others as an EOS implementer. thanks very
1: much for coming on the show. Pleasure, Murray. Good to be here, mate.
0: Thank you. So, what we always do in these shows is we always start with the traditional questions. Can you take us through one personal success you've had recently and one professional success you've had recently?
1: Yeah, sure. Actually, it's uh, it's good timing. Today's uh, probably my, my personal uh, personal best is today my my second son's turned 10. Um, he's a 10-year-old. So he's into the double digits and... <laughs> I'm really proud of him actually because um, 10 years ago, he came out with a heart condition wow. and uh, we didn't know what to expect and um, he, had to, he had to, actually had to undergo heart surgery in the first six months of his life and um, just to see him today um, doing really, really well, you know, there's nothing, nothing beats that.
0: Uh, that's a fantastic story. There's also a good story about resilience in there too, isn't it? Mm,
1: mm, absolutely.
0: And your professional success, Mark?
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm probably on the professional side. I recently took on a new client um, who I've done a focus day with, and I'm about to do a uh, going to the vision building days with. And I was a bit concerned whether the client was going to respond well and going to enjoy the process. Um, they're construction related client, uh, very trade background, very much like to work with their hands, and um, you know, it's been amazing to see the response from them. It's at such a early stage. They've they've loved it. They've embraced it. Uh, they've got challenges ahead, but the attitude is right, and I love that. I love when I when I see people, you know, responding the right way. Particularly when I think that maybe they would have challenges, uh, they're proving me wrong, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a great story there. And in terms of that, before we go into you a bit more, let let's talk about yeah. assumptions and attitude. What is it that with them that you thought oh this is really great what is it that was floating your boat with them
1: with their attitude that was good about their attitude yeah yeah
0: so what did you pick up Mm. and you thought wow that's really awesome i'm glad they like that
1: i think just going through the the focus day with them and you know just when i'm teaching the tools and facilitating the conversations they were really attentive and responsive responsive and You've got a picture. These guys are construction, hard-headed yeah. guys who are used to being on site, standing up, you know, ten, twelve hours a day. To have them sit in, uh, uh, you know, in my in my boardroom, it down for a, a good eight hours plus um, is is hard because they can get you know, easily distracted. But they were engaged. They were in the conversations. They were going where we needed to go, and there was no pushback. They actually left with more energy than they came in, and I think that says it all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like they really care about their business, which is crucial. You know, as you would know, and we're about to explore with you with your background, you know, if mm-hmm. you don't have, if you don't have that sort of care for your business, you can't expect it to change. And, um, and, and, and that's probably the first port of call that leadership teams need to have. What, what would your view be on that? Mark?
1: I, I agree. Um, uh, care factor is, is everything. Um, you know, Often we get into business and we're, you know, we're we're, we're trying to do many things, but what we're really searching for is people to to join the cause and treat the business as their own, to think like an owner, you know, to care. And, you know, when you know you've got that within your leadership team and your business generally, uh, that's more than half the battle won.
0: Yeah. Now, speaking of businesses and more than half the battle won, Mm. People have been listening to this for a couple of minutes now and they're probably thinking, who is this Mark DeNoyer? And what's he, What's he, tell us a bit about you, Mark, and about what, what brought you to the world of EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System.
1: Sure. So I guess I, I, I'm just a lover of business. Um, right from an early age, you know, my, my father was an entrepreneur. He had four or five businesses at once and actually also came, came from a building background. And uh, I remember at the age of 10, I wasn't so grade at school Uh, I was a a bit of a kind of below grade student particularly in my early years and I really looked at my father as kind of my role model and to believe that you know of what could be achieved out there and and uh, at the age of 11 I had my first business mowing lawns in my uh, local suburb and I recall that you know my dad was was really happy for me really supportive and and excited my mum was terrified she didn't want me to get hurt or get lost or anything like that Um, and that really kind of set my eyes on this whole idea of entrepreneurship and being a business owner and that you didn't really have to be you know the smartest kid in school you could still be a productive member of society by just uh, getting out there and and kind of providing a a service or or a product that really adds value and uh, so i was really uplifting unfortunately uh, not long after, my father passed away unexpectedly and that really, as you can imagine, you know, shook my world and it made me really question entrepreneurship actually and business ownership because I saw my father who was age 36 who died, he actually uh, left, left a lot on the table. You know, he, he, His besties were ahead of him and a lot of that hard work that business owners put themselves through and the effort and the sacrifice he had gone through. but I never felt like he got the just reward, So it left me with a bit of a bit of taste in my mouth. And I guess through my adolescent years, I was thinking maybe I'm going to go, you know, into into corporate world. And I went and did my accounting degree, my commerce degree. And But right throughout that whole period, I couldn't deny who I was, which was I loved small, medium-sized businesses. And I loved that world. And I got my first opportunity actually with my brother-in-law, Daniel Davis, who who's uh, the head EOS uh, implementer uh, in Australasia right now. And back in a, in a former life, uh, we were in the service, ta- service station game together and he was 23 and I was 21 when we entered our first, well, my first uh, real business at the time. Uh, we were both uh, very wet behind the ears and I remember that time vividly. It was such an exciting time. Uh, it, was a, it was actually a significant service station. It had a 24-hour restaurant inside it as well. It was a $14 million business, 25 full-time staff, so not your average service station. No. And, uh, yeah, and I remember, um, you know, when we opened the doors, it was an amazing feeling, but then that, that, that reality had struck me that, hey, you've actually got to make this work. And I can tell you, Mary, that the next six months after that uh, was probably the, the hardest six months of, of my business career. Uh, you know, lost, uh, lost, lost my hair over it and... Um, <laughs> And, 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 you know, to be honest with you, it was probably within uh, months of going bankrupt. Uh, yeah. Luckily, we, we, had, we had turned it around and uh, we faced reality. We did what we needed to do. And the good news story out of that was five years later, we ended up selling the site to sites to Caltex and Woolworths and transitioned out of that industry. And we were lucky enough to do well. And that got me back into Sydney. I'm a Sydney boy, born and raised, uh, got married, had my um, first of um, four kids that I have now. and. I Found myself in the construction industry through a family friend, and um, it was 2008. It was the GFC by then, and uh, we had three people, circa $500,000 turnover in the first year, and the next 10 years after that, uh, it was it was uh, it was a rocket ride. We ended up growing that business to a $65 million business, 70 full-time staff. Yes, yeah, sure, we had ups and downs. Almost went broke in that business too uh, in the first few years, but. Um, we had a real record run and it was through it was throughout that period in the last two to three years that we had actually come across EOS mm-hmm. and uh, Daniel, my brother-in-law, was our facilitator and we implemented the system. So I got hands-on experience of what it's like to actually implement this this system in in a real business and that was great experience. And uh, when I realized at the end of that period, I think also too the testament of implementing the system and, and achieving the success we did, we actually were... Uh, qualified for the BRW Fast 100 2015-16-17. So that was a really nice feather in our cap. Uh, got to the point where at the end of that that uh, business in 2018, I decided that it was my, my time in the construction industry was done and I sold out to my business partner at the time. And I thought, you know, I'd love to be able to, I love business. I love helping people. Uh, what better thing to do would than actually be an EOS implementer and and kind of help other people try to achieve some of the success that I had.
0: Yeah. It's a really rich story you tell there, Mark, and I want to take you back a little bit to your, your days of hair and petrol stations just for a few mm-hmm. minutes. That um, not me, yeah. <laughs> you said earlier that the first six months was really, really hard. Can you just tell us a bit more about, you know, from a business perspective and knowing what you know now in terms of EOS and, you know, the experience you've had, in that business mm. and construction. What, what made it so hard and what do you think could have made it easier? Mm.
1: What made it so hard was the fact that I, I realised that no one was going to run the business and make the tough decisions but me. I was sitting around probably waiting for the world to work out, for everything to fall into place when I needed that jolt. And eventually I got the jolt. A financial jolt, uh, running out of money. That you need to create your the business's future. You need to you need to move it and shape it in the direction that you want. You can't afford the market, your staff, customers to shape it for you. You need to be that driving force. And I think that first three months, I was probably in shock. Uh, because a lot of money was flying out the door. I realized that all my employees were older than me. I was feeling a bit insecure and I had middle management and I realized, hey, wait a second, you know what? I look like the owner. I dress like the owner. I talk like the owner, but I'm not really kind of acting like an owner. Mm. And I need to strip it back, get back to what really matters and get the show on the road and start producing results that, that, that really are going to count. And
0: and that was within the – and then when you started doing that, what did you focus on, if you can recall, what were you focusing on to make that happen apart from, you know, clearly you need to make decisions? Was there anything that you were you were looking at outside of, you know, being a stronger leader,
1: if you like? Mm. Yeah, look, looking back on it now, and if you can relate it back to the, the EOS framework, yeah. the first thing that I did was, in my mind, I didn't know the tools at the time, but in my mind I realised – this concept of having an accountability chart and understanding that everyone in the business has to play a role. They're not the same role. Mm. And each role is uniquely special and needs to achieve a unique result. And, And everyone needs to make sure that they're achieving it. They're not just talking a big game that actually results are actually occurring. So, So when I started to look at each person in my organization and understanding what result they really need to achieve and what function they were playing and what result that we needed to achieve out of those functions that the the consumer was going to kind of pay us for. Mm. um, That got me really kind of sharpened up on everyone's accountable here. Everyone's got to focus on their part and we've got to be able to also measure results. So then I started to look at data. I started to look at what was our sales every day. Uh, What were the top sellers? What were not? How was our shop laid out? I started to start to basically run the business on more objective information, facts and figures, which now with the knowledge that we've got, now with EOS, we know that's what we do for our clients is we we get them with creating a scorecard with meaningful data uh, and a cadence that they're able to understand how their business is going. I had to learn that the hard way in realizing that at the end of the day, if you're not keeping a finger on the pulse of the numbers that matter, um, you're not going to be able to control control your future. Mm.
0: It's great that you had those insights. And um, if we, in terms of
1: EOS bringing those
0: tools on more forcefully uh, when implementers work with clients, I just want to ask you a question. You may not be able to answer it, but if you put a rough figure on it, mm. um, in terms of not having the data in place or not having accountability in place, how much do you reckon that would be costing? Or how much do you think it costs your business financially in in that petrol station in the early days, do you think?
1: Uh, in, in the very early days of not having it at all, it was, it's quite clear it would have cost us the amount of uh, equity and capital that we put into the business. We would have gone bankrupt. Yeah. Right. So okay. we would have lost a lot. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to put it's millions in yeah. millions. So, if I then fast forward to your time in the
0: construction industry, you said you, you, know, you had the BRW Fast 100 um, for a number of years mm. uh, and you clearly was running a really successful business. Yeah, You mentioned you had your ups and downs, but ultimately you were on a, a positive uh, track upwards. Yep. And, mm. and it's interesting that you said that it was in the last two or three years that you, you uh, came across EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, you know, for a company that was sitting rather, you know, I'm assuming reasonably successful given the, the sort of turnover you're having
1: and the staff numbers,
0: mm. why did you decide to take on AOS?
1: That's a great question, Murray. I, re- I vividly recall Daniel being in our boardroom and, and running us through the 90-minute meeting and, um, you know, we, we knew we were a good business we knew that we weren't a basket case that we were already achieving great things but when we we didn't know before the 90 minute meeting but but after, but after the 90 minute meeting we started to see that there were other areas in our business that if we were really honest with ourselves we were leaving money on the table and we weren't really kind of strong in some areas to to be fair there were other key components that we were very strong in and probably upon reflection, was a reason for the success that we had achieved thus far. But if we were going to take the business where we wanted it to go, there were some weaknesses. And in that meeting, my business partner and I both knew that if going through the EOS process and, and getting a an EOS, professional EOS implementer on board would help us strengthen those, it would easily pay for the investment and put us closer to yeah, our, our ultimate long-term goal for the business.
0: And it, in terms of long-term goals, was when you when you had that was one of your long-term goals to say, well, I really want to walk away from here, or did that did that idea mature as you went through the EOS process?
1: Yeah, it uh, it, it did mature. Um, I think when you when you're looking from from the obviously, I had a business partner, and mm-hmm. part of part of the value of going through the EOS process was we kind of probably didn't know for sure what we both individually and collectively wanted for the business. And even though sometimes success, sometimes success can hide some weaknesses. And one of the weaknesses that we had was we weren't thinking too far out into the future. We were kind of like, just worried about this financial year, maybe next financial year, but we weren't thinking three years, 10 years ahead, which I think as you mature in business, you start to realize how valuable playing the long game is and that Mm. everyone needs a purpose. Everyone needs a vision, which helps tie back to a great kind of annual plan. And back then we were missing that longer range picture. And I think we had the maturity to realize that that longer picture doesn't necessarily mean that we're involved in it, but if we were, if it's all about the business first and not individual kind of agendas then we should create a vision for this business, irrespective if we're going to be there or not. In the end, uh, throughout the process and, and other things in life, I realised that my, my future calling was eventually elsewhere. But I'm, I'm proud to know that you know, when I left the business and even now it's still kicking goals and I think the business is, has become a lot better for the process.
0: That's fantastic to hear. So this brings us to your, your life now as, an EOS, uh, as a professional EOS implementer. So, can you tell us a bit more about the businesses and the types that you work with, and and what you enjoy working with them on, if you like, or, or what sort of floats your boat when you when you're working with businesses in, as an EOS implementer?
1: Yeah, so I've I work with uh, clients all shapes and sizes in a variety of industries, which I love. And if I was to say what I what I kind of what floats my boat and what I really kind of gets me energised is when I'm working with clients that that have have a combination of two things. One is that they they've got the right attitude. They're eager. They're willing to learn. They're they're growth orientated. But also, and, and they and they and they believe in the value of of having a vision and a long term plan. But also the same people also that I love working with, who are my clients, also have that responsibility to know that it takes hard work. It's not going to happen instantly, and there's a certain level of responsibility that needs to be taken, so that you know the vision actually ends up being a reality. It's that combination of of you know, a growth mindset with that responsibility and and you know a lack of kind of naivety to know that it's going to take some work and it's not going to happen instantly but you know we're prepared to to all make it happen
0: yeah yeah there's some crucial points there about and it kind of goes back to what you were saying at the start about caring for your business really and i want mm-hmm. to take you on to the next point i'd like to get your views on which is around so you've been doing implementation for a while now what, what have you seen as the greatest outcome from a business, you know, after the implementation of EOS with you? What what, what has struck you as
1: being the biggest change you've seen? Hmm. I think there's a couple of things that come to my mind. I remember one engagement when I before I met uh, my clients you know, before I did the ninety minute meeting, I basically walked into, you know, a, 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 an argument uh, between couple of business owners and they're very passionate, very fiery. And I could just tell that um, they were pr- probably going to go to business fairly soon if they didn't resolve this, that personal issue. And one of the things that I've loved to see, it was, and it was just them. And, you know, I'm still working with them today. And what, what's been great to report is they're getting a lot better with each other. They're a lot more logical, a lot more focused on the business and, you know, their personal issues they've put to the side for the betterment of running day to day. And what they've also done is they've started to build a leadership team. They've started to let people in to share what the main issues are for the business and to kind of bring people in closer to help alleviate them from some of the pressures. And it's been great to see some of those other leadership team members really kind of step up in their responsibility level and become closer uh, as, as, as a unit. And I guess you're not going to see this day to day, but I get the benefit of seeing them quarter by quarter and you know you just see a more sane, more cohesive healthy leadership team. I'm not saying that there's not still issues that they face, but they're just a lot more capable in being able to work through it together rather than the dysfunctional you know really it was a mess before before I got there mm. yeah and that's not to say and that's not to say that you know that they you know that I was the savior by any means it's it's not they did all the hard work yeah. it was it was just laying down a framework which allowed them to work through their issues which has helped them but they've done the hard lifting
0: yeah it's very important to you know it's we often say and I'm sure you've said it too is um we can teach you to do the push up but you've got to do the push up that's right that's right um in any case, uh, you, you know that's really powerful about the value of structure. And I just want to—I'm sure there are people listening to this and thinking, "Mark's the kind of guy that I'd like to work with." How would they—how would they get in touch with you, Mark?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, happy to go onto my website. So my my website is www.markdenoya.com. Uh, LinkedIn, uh, happy to, to direct message me on LinkedIn. Uh, just go into the neighbour of Mark Dinoia and um, even just call my mobile. So that's my main number, 0414-814-294.
0: There we go. Mark, it's been fantastic to have you on Gripping Business Tales. I think you've dropped a lot of nuggets there for people to take away and um, and and explore that or and importantly, contact you should they wish to, particularly around the Sydney area, take you on and, and help let let you help them in terms of their business and take them on a journey they won't regret. So look, thanks very much for coming on. appreciate your time. Thanks, Murray. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Gripping Business Tales. Please remember to subscribe and to rate the podcast. And to start your EOS journey, contact me at grip and I look forward to helping you get what you want from your business.